everyone. Welcome to Now Fear This with Becky and Marie, the podcast where we talk about all the things that scare the shit out of us and a few things that don't. I'm Becky and there's my podcast Marie across the Zoom. How are you doing today? I'm I'm doing pretty good. I, I can say not too bad. What are you fearing today, Marie? Yeah, so, you know, we just ran a, a national ad with our audio and I was fearing it a little because... I don't know. I'm a, I'm a little off color in the, in it. I, you know, no. talk about vaginas and you don't cuss on the show, but on our very, very first recording, cause that's what that's from. Yeah. You just drop like the word, <laughs> like, like a fucking maniac. And I was like, Oh my God. And then after that, you just like, I know I've clammed up I don't know but whatever yeah explain to people what what it's about because yeah so when we first talked about the show we're talking about fears I was like one of my fears is I was searching for the best martini recipe on the planet and then I stumbled across a recipe that said the best martini and it happened to be on Gwyneth Paltrow's goop website and I was like I don't know if I can like anything from her site you know have you listened to that original audio anytime recently Maybe about a month ago. Like, because it's in our episode 0.5. Yeah, yeah. Like, the entire thing, yeah. And it's really, I'm sorry, but you're fucking hilarious in that. Oh, thank you, thank you. Well, so, (laughs) when I got onto the site, I stumbled across, because I got started looking around on the site, and I'm like, this is exactly what I was afraid of. Like, a lot of people don't know. You got sucked in, and you never know. A lot of people don't know this about me, but I I love Martha Stewart. I love Oprah Winfrey. So people wouldn't think that about me, but I'm really into this kind of stuff. So having said that, I started to get sucked into the website and I <laughs> and that's like I have some like moral issue about getting sucked into Gwyneth Paltrow's website because I find her to be like very uh, aristocratic and and kind of obnoxious. But now it turns out I like a lot of her stuff. So maybe she should be a sponsor for our show. I'm not sure. How do you feel about the fact that you feel that way? Do you you fear that? (laughs) I fear it a little. It may be a sign of of me changing, like hormonal changes. I don't know. Oh, that's got to be it. It's got to be it, right? But so because the people were responding to our advertisement and they're like, this can't be real that she has a candle that smells like her vagina. Yeah, I think they think we made it up. People are like, ew, gross. Why'd they say that? I'm like, I didn't do it. So I just found the link. Um, I was like, of course, it'll probably be gone when I get there. But rather than it being gone, it was still there. And I don't know if to my delight or my horror, she has a new candle. Jesus Christ. Called This Smells Like My Orgasm. Shut your fucking mouth. Nope. Shut. This smells like, do you see it on the screen? Smells like my orgasm. (gasps) Do you want to know what that smells like? I don't know. Do I? By the way, it's not my orgasm. It's Gwyneth Paltrow's orgasm, yeah. to clarify. Um, it is a fitting follow-up candle to that candle. You know, the one. This one is made with tart grapefruit, neroli, and ripe cassis berries blended with gunpowder tea and Turkish rose. Absolutes for a scent that's sexy, surprising, and wildly addictive. I'm sorry, but I'm scared that I'm going to spend this show talking about Gwyneth Paltrow and her orgasms. Well, here's the thing. You can also get it as a roll-on. So you could dab a little bit of her orgasm on your neck if you wanted to, or behind your ears. Who wants that? I'm scared of the people who want that. Um, Yeah. Chic portable perfume roller that smells fresh, energizing, and mysterious all together with you know, all the stuff I just mentioned, the gunpowder tea, the whatever. Long, sleek rollerball vial travels anywhere, but it looks gorgeous set on a vanity. The packaging has fireworks on it. Oh, subtle. Yeah. She also has a new candle that smells like her... What? Anus? No, she doesn't have an anus candle. <laughs> I mean, where else are we going with this? Well, she, she's selling a tennis coach vibrator on her website. I haven't delved into that. Please but, don't. But something about her prenuptial agreement. Where is it? Smells like my prenup. Do you want to know what that smells like? Money. <laughs> okay. A gorgeous blend of invigorating grapefruit, sexy citrus bergamot, and supple notes of ripened raspberry subtly interlaced throughout. This sophisticated and hilariously named scent. 
is the one to burn, and we mean burn, when you're in some type of mood. What in the hell do these cost? $75 each. Oh my God. You can get a small smells like my vagina or my orgasm for $20. It's very small. It's like a votive. And it's $45 for the roll-on. Christmas in advance, because that's what you're getting. For... Aww. <laughs> Give me a, just a true crime mug from Urban Owl, and that'll be all I need. Ugh. I, this seems like a panty sniffer material, right? Like someone with a really crass sense of humor or a panty sniffer. Those are the only people. You know I how in Japan they have those like vending machines with used panties in them? Yeah. This is kind of what the, like those guys would love that. Right, right. There was an episode of Orange is the New Black where the girls uh, on the show started a business selling prison panties. So they would like. Oh, yeah, but it's actually a real thing. Like they have vending machines with used panties in them. Yeah. I'm just not sure this is a good thing to encourage, but. No, I don't encourage people. I don't want people to go to their website. I don't want people to go and buy that candle. (laughs) Don't do it. If you feel the slightest inkling of temptation to go to that website, stop it. We're actually going to uh, make a candle called Smells Like Our Disapproval. (laughs) 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 Smells Like Our Disapproval will be available for $75 on the website. It can come in coffee flavor or Chardonnay. (laughs) We're also going to have a candle called Smells Like Two Judgmental Bitches. (laughs) (laughs) I'd rather have that on my shelf, right? Those <laughs> little bitches on my shelf that are fucking. And, and you know the part that really bothers me is my. my it smells like my vagina instead it of smells like, like a vagina, right? It's so like you know what? Just shut up, shut up, and just sit down. I get you're trying to be provocative and get clicks, and people are gonna buy shit for a novelty. But the name of it is just really offensive. The orgasm part's not offensive, or the vagina part. It's just my. I think is really gross, right? Because- you know. Because you're thinking about Gwyneth Paltrow, right? You're thinking exactly. about her, and her I don't want to think about Gwyneth Paltrow. That is a goal of mine, is to get through my life and not think about Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> and now all of a sudden, she's in our ad and she's a part of my life. <laughs> I know, I know. When I was 12, I would have thought, I would have made a smells like my vagina candle, you know? So it just feels very immature. Yeah, and self-centered, you know, conceited. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I don't want people to think that I am being all prudish and going, I can't believe somebody would make a candle that they claim smells that way. I'm not at all. It's the uh word my that bothers me. Yeah. Which is why I really wanted to put it in our Instagram and our Facebook thing. And by the way, you can find the video we're talking about and the audio on um, our Instagram and also Facebook at now through this podcast. Yeah. Um, and then the actual full length audio is in our episode 0.5 from back in November or whenever that was that we launched. So that's a, our official sneak preview episode. Yeah. I just put it in our compilation preview. Mm-hmm. And it's funnier than like, it's really funny. It's, it's a good two minutes of hilarity because I'm not the one being funny so I can fucking say it. <laughs> <laughs> like if you're thinking about lifestyle websites this is like the garbage pail of lifestyle <laughs> websites <laughs> right you remember garbage pail kids it's like you oh. had cabbage patch kids but then the garbage pail kids were like sick and offensive stuff that's what this is you know okay so if it appeals to you and you really want to lay down 75 bucks just for a yeah. you know good good yeah. for you I mean, I like grapefruit and bergamot and all those things. I just don't know if I want to associate them with Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina. That's my big issue. You know? Sure. Yeah. And that's okay, Marie. You can feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, if if Gwyneth, if you would like us to talk about your creepy products on our show for money, <laughs> we would totally into that. Would we? Would we reverse course and encourage people to go to the goop? Marie just offered up our entire souls, our ethics, yeah. our morals, <laughs> just right there in a silver platter to go to the right, fucking right. Yeah, no, I'll, for the right dollar figure, I'll talk about this candle every episode. <laughs> See, that's the difference. I don't have principles like you do when it comes to <laughs> No, I don't have that many principles when it comes to most things because I don't give a shit about most things. Yeah, I mean, I'm just not going to accept Subway. I wouldn't accept Subway as a sponsor because they're fucking disgusting. Did you read about Subway? <gasps> no, you're okay. back on so Subway again. Oh, wait, how are we back on Subway? <laughs> Go ahead. Hold on. 
Because I, I have ethics practically only when it comes to Subway. Did you read about the lost in California? No. Where their tuna is not even tuna and it's not even fish? What? What is it? They won't say because they're going to reveal it in court. But they've done reverse engineering their or whatever tuna the fuck is it not is tuna? in their tuna sandwich. Have you had their tuna sandwich? You should be I, part of this. Lawsuit. All the time. I have it all the time. It's not tuna. And they're saying it's not even fish. I keep forgetting to tell you mm-hmm. um, that, that there's a lawsuit in your home state, your beloved adopted state, that says it's not tuna and it's not fish. And I don't even know what it is. All right. So the next, <laughs> okay, next week. Sorry. No, no, no. Next week, we're going to do an episode on this. And this is just going to teasing this because like i stopped buying bread a long time ago unless it i know the ingredients in it because i found out the majority of bread you buy at the supermarket has human hair in it i just i'm just saying that you're telling me that they well on purpose yes it fluffs the bread it's fluffs the bread okay i'm gonna puke so we need to stop We'll talk about this next week, but prepare me for it. I don't throw those things on me because I can't. That makes oh, me. I'm sorry. Are you okay? Sorry. We need a little moment for Becky that she wasn't prepared for the human hair. <laughs> human hair. Becky, what are you fearing today? <laughs> I am fearing surveillance video that captures weird and creepy things, that captures crimes that become unsolved. Sometimes watching creepy video, no matter what the outcome is, it's very unsettling, mostly because, you know, when you're trying to solve a crime from a Walmart parking lot, it's too grainy to see anything anyway. So what good is it? But even the ones that are very, very clear can be very unsettling to me. Yeah. I mean, you know, we have the door knocker ones, you know, like the right. ring and the thing, and then police are going in and getting their surveillance from ring, which sometimes solves crimes. I mean, obviously Chris Watts, one of the reasons why he got caught is because his neighbor's doorbell camera, but I have a particular story from my neck of the woods back in Texas that is is incredibly terrifying. Okay, the YouTube thing just sent. Just came through. Okay. So what does it read? Let's let's start there. It reads Creekside Church Surveillance. Here we go. Okay. All right. Uh, what you're looking at is Okay, Creekside a, Church of Christ Surveillance. Yes, it's a surveillance video from 3:50 a.m. And I see somebody in the through a building. Can you tell what's going on with the person walking through the building? No, they, at first they were just they walking look along like? the wall with their hand touching the wall. Now they're going into a room. What are they dressed like? Uh, they look like they're in SWAT, like police gear. Yeah, yeah, they are. Can you see anything in their hands? Um, no, right now this person is trying to unlock a door or open a door. Oh yeah, there's like a, like a nightstick or something. Yeah, it's, there's a hammer and some other kind of a weapon. Yeah, but the person is like in riot gear, police riot. Yeah, riot gear. And there's even something um, that says police on it. I think the vest. Yeah, it say police on it. Is he inside so this of is, the church? He's in the church. Yes, this person broke into this church at 3.50 a.m. on Monday, April 18th in 2016 in a town west of Fort Worth in Texas. Okay? okay. 3.50 a.m. Now, this person is dressed head to toe in faux SWAT gear. And they're just walking around this community church, just touching walls and stuff. At one point, like they take the hammer and they hit a door or a window. They check open doors. They check locks. They break the occasional window. And that person in the tactical gear on that video stays inside that church. And some students who are heading to a, a workout boot camp at five in the morning discovered the person who was supposed to lead that class her name was uh, missy beavers she was found murdered so the person is in that church for about 40 minutes before missy shows up so and that boot camp class was happening at the church at the church that was the location of, of missy's boot camp when her first student started to show up Right at five o'clock, I think at first they couldn't find her and they eventually did find her dead. She had been brutally attacked. She had puncture wounds in her head and chest. She had been bludgeoned to death. And the person who is in that tactical gear, who's wandering around that church, has never been identified. They still don't know anything about that person. They don't even know if it's a man or a woman. Hmm. When I watched it, I thought it was a woman the first time I watched it. So if you look at the distinctive gait of the person, 
there's kind of a little bit of a, not a limp, not a waddle, but kind of an awkward gait. One of the things that police said is, do you know anybody who walks like this, who's, you know, lives in this area, who knows Missy and is between five, two and five, seven. Well, that's a big range, first of all. And second of all, the person could have been faking the gate just to screw with the police if they believed that they were being surveyed, you know, if that video was going. So this has been five years ago, almost, and it is still unsolved. Nothing. How fucking creepy is that? Yeah, that's creepy. You know, we had a guy break into our condo complex, but one of the things that's interesting about it is he's breaking in and all over the neighborhood and and people have ring, they have camera surveillance. The person has a mask on. Like they're covering their entire face. Kind like of, a balaclava or like a... Yeah, it's completely covered. So the police even say, they're like, well, even if you have video, there's nothing for us to go off of. Yeah, what are they supposed to do? So uh, when James and I lived in Koreatown, one of my neighbors and I had a conflict about him parking in my parking space. And I would come home and he'd be parked in my parking space. And so finally I went to his door and knocked on his door and I said, don't ever park in my parking space again. And we had it out. And then the next day I went out to my car and it was locked, but on the floorboard were empty forties and used condoms. So they broke in and then they locked the door back. I'm not making fun, but did you ever see the other guys? It's been a it's long probably, time. It's probably in my top three comedies of all time. Yeah, it's been it's a long so time. underrated. Behind Elf, it's my second favorite Will It's Ferrell. a funny movie. It's a funny movie. Fucking hilarious. And so one of my favorite ones is when their car's been destroyed and there's like all the used condoms and shit. And, and he's like, right. and the guy's like, yeah, Mama Raccoon gave birth. And there's a bunch of homeless guys in there fucking. It's, we call that a soup kitchen. You know, all that. Like right, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do all those different takes and we call it this, we call it that. Anyway. Yeah. So when you said that used condoms in 40s, I'm like, the soup kitchen is what they call right. it. It's <laughs> the other guys. <laughs> the only time I've ever called the police on somebody is this neighbor like he um he came home one night from doing whatever and he was singing in front of my window and pulled out his privates and was peeing on my window oh and the cops were like yeah peeping toms who cares well I called the police and then he stopped so I called the police back and said he stopped so don't bother (laughs) oh that could have escalated to something really horrific for you too oh well i this guy was crazy i i mean i mean it was like a really bad situation lord our rent was 650 a month oh yeah Yeah. and it was rent control it was either that or live in the valley i lived in the valley when i was there and it was cheap we should have lived in the valley but james was like convinced that it was too hot hot. (laughs) it is hot hot. we live in the valley now nobody's peed on my window since I moved to the valley (laughs) that's the name of the show okay so so, all right back to Missy okay yeah so Missy was going through difficulties with her husband I don't know if there was an actual divorce I'm trying to read my notes but of course they look at the husband you know and and the police have ruled him out no one in her family is a focus of the investigation there's all these weird rumors about flirtatious messages she was receiving and sending text messages and, and LinkedIn messages, which, by the way, y'all, don't flirt on LinkedIn. Use your brains. Um, <laughs> so the FBI and the U.S. Marshals stepped in to field all the calls because once they released that footage, everyone's like, oh, that's my, you know, that's my ex-husband. Everyone calls him with their ex-husband who pissed him off, you know. Mm-hmm. But the fact for me, if you really look at it closely, is I really think it looks more like a woman than a man. And I thought it, when I first saw it, you know how you do that? intuitive before you can stop yourself i i went oh my god well that's a woman and then the on the news story because i remember when this happened i was in in dallas so it was all over the news they're like we can't even tell the gender and i was like you think it would be a man but then even if it's a woman you have to go to what motivates women and more likely it's jealousy or some sort of romantic entanglement and it's not it's not financially related it's vengeance for romantic triangle things like that but even five years later, I just checked on this story the other day, and there's still nothing. What was the cause of death? Blood force trauma. But oh, one of the things that appears on this show, speaking of living your life out loud, is how publicly Missy lived her fitness business. How publicly she lived that life. 
And if you wanted to know where she was, you knew where she was because mm -hmm. all of her classes were tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. Let's go to the church, y'all, you know? And I think she even posted an update that morning. Mm -hmm. So if you want to know where somebody is in those kinds of contexts, it's important to get your business out there, but it's also a creep factor to that too. It can be dangerous. And there's no victim blaming here. You have to tell people where you are, where you work. You know, you're a realtor, you're a fitness instructor. You have to. I just think that it's kind of a scary thing how much access people have to each other when they have nefarious intentions. Yeah. I mean, I think that you have to use your judgment and your common sense. Like, like I remember once James and I were going to look at a house in North Hollywood and this realtor, who, by the way, is dead to me, she agreed to meet at like eight o'clock at night because of our work schedule, which was great. But she brought her boyfriend with her, which that's common sense, right? She doesn't know us. But then we're walking around the house and like everything I'm saying, she's, she and her boyfriend are just laughing their asses off. Like I'm the funniest person on the planet. I'm like, wow. Were they drunk? No, but they were, it was hard laughing. Like, I, I mean, I can be funny, but this was like, I just met these people. Right. I was like, wow. <laughs> Well, I'm I mean, killing it tonight. I'm killing it, yeah. World tour market. <laughs> yeah. So then when we walked outside, it felt very drafty in the back. And I said, wow, it's very drafty. And I reached back and the whole back of my jeans were ripped open. So my ass was just hanging out. They didn't tell you? No, they laughed at me while we walked around and looked at the house. Ew. Yeah. I don't like them. <laughs> that's why I said she's dead to me <laughs> let me tell you this one time I sprinted out of my seat in Vegas across a casino to a girl who had toilet paper on her shoe who had just come out of the bathroom perfect stranger I looked up and I went ah! and I was like Krr. I were like well, you know Wonder Woman flies now that's what I was doing you can't not tell people that shit you have to tell people right it's perfect rude. stranger I don't know I would have wanted to punch her once I figured it out I hope y'all just got in the car and left we're like don't fucking call me oh yeah no we never, talked to her. we never talked oh. to her again and then I go are my pants ripped and James is like oh yeah it's bad he goes let me take a picture of it I'm like I don't need to see a picture of it wow I need to see a picture of it and I was like I was so furious I was like I mean they couldn't have said hey your pants are ripped I'm like, whatever. Yeah, dead to me. Yeah, yeah, dead to me, dead to me. Anyway, but I think the one reason this was kind of top of mind is because there's a documentary on Netflix uh, mm -hmm. called Crime Scene, The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. And yes. it's about uh, Elisa Lamb. Yes. Uh, for people who aren't familiar with that, there's this hotel in downtown LA that's absolutely notorious, like Elizabeth Short, The Black Dahlia, was connected to it. Richard Ramirez. Richard Ramirez was connected to it. So basically this is a flop house. In, in LA, you have a lot of hotels that end up becoming long-term housing for people who get out of prison or homeless people or, or people who are down on their luck. And they all sort of congregate in this Cecil motel. And, it, and there's a lot of suicides and murders and crime. And it got so bad, they were like, what can we do to change our image? So they took the hotel and they split it in two. So they refurbished one half to be stay on Main, which was more like an upscale, like the Archer in New York, like a hostel, but upscale for young people. Okay, yeah. so they, they repainted it. They hired different staff. They had a different lobby, the whole thing. And then the other side, they kept the Cecil where they had the long-term stay people that were, in many cases, dangerous people. But the one flaw in the plan is that they shared an elevator system. Oh, yeah. That's a big fucking flaw. Oh <laughs> right. my God. I used to work off of Hollywood and Highland. And the homeless population there is out of control. But there's just a lot of creepy people. And one thing I noticed intermingled with the creepy people were people from Europe that were on vacation with their families. Yeah, and they know better. You, you so you just see these mortified, like, Swedish people with their little kids walking down creepy mm -hmm. uh, Hollywood Boulevard. Well, same thing with the Cecil Motel. So people are researching hotels, and they, they see the Cecil, and it seems nice. I mean, it's got this beautiful Art Deco interior and everything. 
and it's a flop house for ne'er-do-wells. So they talked to this one couple, uh, I think they were from uh, somewhere in Europe, but they were mentioning how when they were in the hotel at the time, when they walked in, it was great. But when you get to the rooms, it's like really disgusting and creepy. And Mm -hmm. they were doing the stay on main thing too. But while they were staying there, they noticed that the water was brown. It was brown and red. It was just not right. Now, the one thing that struck me was they were like, and it tasted bad. I'm like, oh my gosh, why were you drinking? Don't drink the water out of the faucet in LA. What are you doing? Just as a blanket statement, don't drink the water out of the faucet at a hotel. (laughs) Okay. A lot of people were reporting the funny tasting brown water. Well, it turns out it tasted funny because up in the water tank on the roof was a dead girl. So people were drinking dead girl, essentially. Disgustingly. Yeah. But this case came into the purview of a lot of people on the internet who became obsessed with it because the police released a videotape of Elisa Lamb before she died. So you've seen the video, I'm guessing, Becky. Oh yeah, super creepy. Yeah, super creepy. So she like gets in the elevator, she hides, she's looking out the elevator, she's making weird hand motions, she hits a whole bunch of buttons. And then, she looks like she's playing a hide and seek with someone, kind of, if you don't, yeah. you know, that might be what you would think is happening. Yeah. Yeah. And then she presses a bunch of buttons, but nothing happens. And then she steps out of the elevator and it closes like after two minutes. Well, if you watch this documentary, you'll find out a lot of things about the video that are misleading. For instance, for whatever reason, the video is slowed down. Um, people aren't sure why, if it was a problem with the the video system at the Cecil, if somebody in the police department slowed it down, but it, some of her creepy hand gestures and her motions might not have been as creepy if they weren't slowed down. Oh. There's something weird with the, the time code. Again, nobody can explain it. It jumps, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's also scrambled. Um, and what happens is on the video, you don't see whoever it is she's supposedly talking to, hiding from, playing with, But basically, just from this video, the internet went wild. People were dedicating their life to trying to uncover the mystery of this woman to an unhealthy extent. Like, there were people that were going and staying at the Cecil for long periods of time to try and- They wanted to stay in her room or something? Wanted to stay in her room. People were giddy. They're like, we're in the same elevator that she was in. It's almost like that murderabilia thing, you know? It was- super creepy but anyway there were a series of mistakes that were made by the police the police chief at the time that did the press conference said that the cover on the water tank was on top of it so how could she fall into the water tank and then cover it back right so that's yeah that's not true no he misspoke (gasps) this whole time i thought what he said was true no he misspoke so like when the guy, um, when the guy, the maintenance guy went up there, yeah, the cover wasn't on. Shut up. No, was and she then, naked. I heard she was naked. Is that not true she either? Was naked. She was naked. So basically, because all these bloggers went crazy, right? And the police don't always release evidence because they're playing it close to the vest. What happened was her family didn't want to tell people she had a serious mental issue. So can we back up for a second and just yeah. talk about her? Yeah. He was a Canadian tourist, Canadian, right? Kind of a backpacker, essentially, by herself in the city. Okay. So how old was she? She was 22. She had never left her family before to go off on her own. She had a form of bipolar that causes you to have hallucinations. And if you're not on your medication, it can almost be like a schizophrenic break. So for whatever reason, in the beginning, her family didn't reveal all of this to the police. I mean, it's probably embarrassing to them. But finally, some family members were like, she had this thing if she went off her medication that she would, she would think that people were after her. Well, that's an important piece of information. Okay. <laughs> yeah. When she got off on her own in LA, which a lot of people who have different mental disorders will 
be on a medication regime that helps them, but then when they start to feel better, they don't like the side effects. And so they're like, I don't really need this anymore. I'm better, which is what happened. So when they did the toxicology, she wasn't on hallucinogenics. She wasn't on drugs. She wasn't on any of that stuff. The thing that they noticed was that she wasn't on anything because she was supposed to be on a pretty heavy dosage of medication. And so, so is it possible or are they hypothesizing that she was hiding from someone and yes. wanted to hide in the, in, the, in the water tank? So she was having an hallucinogenic state, but also this is other details. Okay. So apparently in the beginning, she was sharing a room with other people, but they complained to management because she would lock them out of the room and then she would put post-its on their bed saying that they should get out and that she hated them. It was like, yeah. So she was not a good roommate. <laughs> you think you've had a bad roommate. Yeah, right. So they move her to a room by herself, but there were a couple of incidents with the staff where she came downstairs and was having an episode and telling everyone she was crazy and, you know. Ah, uh, yeah. So it's not a good documentary. That's that's one reason why I don't mind revealing this. To drag it out, they reveal all this stuff at the end, which is annoying, right? But basically, she was having an episode. She was on the 14th floor, which is right before you get to the water tank. She thought somebody was chasing her. That's what you're seeing in the video. And then she goes upstairs to hide in the water tank. And I didn't realize how the water tank works, but they explain it. Well, as people use water, the tank goes up and down. There's no ladder to get out of the water tank because you're not ever supposed to go in it. Okay. So she's fallen into it. And now the only way she could get out of it is if the water rises up and she can somehow grab the lip at the top. Otherwise she's treading water for hours in the water tank. Oh, so it's cause of death drowning? Well, that's where things get muddled too because she was in this tank for a really, really long time. Like weeks or what? Yeah, I think it was like 19 days or more. Jesus, oh, oh my God. But they can't determine anything because her body is so grossly disfigured and the temperature can make a difference so like a lot of bloggers were not willing to accept this explanation and it's like well why was she naked then i don't know why everybody thinks the only reason you would be dead and naked is that you were raped but there's lots of reasons why you would be naked when you're dead tell me she took her clothes off to hide in the tank because she didn't want her clothes to get wet well there's two things one maybe you're taking off your clothes because you feel like it's weighing you down but two, apparently, if she's suffering from some type of hypothermia, that people do take their clothes off. Oh, that's true, because it does the opposite. Your, your brain thinks... Exactly. But I do have... Because we just talked about two cases that are unsolved. I have a case that got solved by video, if you want to hear it. I do. There's this article from the Huffington Post from December 6th, 2017, called Seven Chilling Crimes That Were Solved Thanks to Surveillance Cameras. Yes. Okay, good. Yeah. Let's hear it. A lot of this um, has come out, too, because of that Discovery Channel show, See No Evil. I don't know if you've watched it. I used to, yeah. There was a woman called Carlicia Friedland Gaither. And I have to tell you that Carlicia is a badass. Awesome. She was a 22-year-old nursing assistant. Mm -hmm. She lived in Philadelphia. And she gotten off of work, and she was going to an ATM. When a man comes out of nowhere and like grabs her to the ground as they start wrestling. She fights back so hard that he throws her into the car. She kicks out the window of the car. She finds a hammer and hits him with the hammer. I mean, she fought hard. It says here that soon after the abduction, Philadelphia police released the video to the public. Their dramatic footage garnered national media attention, but it also spurred an interest of a team of detectives far south of Philly. Police in Virginia were searching for a violent offender named Delvin Barnes, whose DNA had been found on a teenage girl who stumbled naked and smelling of bleach and gasoline to a local gas station. Oh, that makes me want to hurt somebody. Okay, Delvin so Barnes. Hi, Delvin okay. kidnapped this teenage girl, took her to an abandoned trailer park, raped her, and then I guess he was going to put bleach and gasoline on her and catch her on fire and she ran away naked to this gas station she got away another got away. another like okay i'm sorry that happened to you girl but good for you for saving your own life 
On a hunch, they showed the Philadelphia abduction video to Barnes's father, who identified the Taurus as his son's car. Oh! Detectives also spotted the decals of a local car dealership, one that practiced a controversial technique of fitting GPS units to cars sold to customers with bad credit. When turned on, the GPS led the police to a shopping center parking lot in Jessup, Maryland, where Barnes surrendered without a fight. Freeland Gaither was rejoined with her family. Oh my God, they saved her life. They saved her life. So not only did Carlisha beat the crap out of him and kick the car window out, he basically said, if you don't stop, I'm going to kill you. And then he forced her into the trunk of his car. And he held her captive for three days. And apparently throughout that time, she used her training as a nurse to create empathy for herself, which is what kept her alive. And she also gave up her ATM card and directed him to places that she knew had cameras to purchase things. So we're following a trail of camera evidence. And then, of course, you've got this GPS that happened to be in his car as well. Have you watched that show? I haven't, no. Okay, I used to watch it, and I think I've seen that episode. It's been a few years, but that show is really, really good. Now, it's like all of those kind of shows where they they way overproduce and they they repeat everything after the commercial like right. the last minute before the commercial they replay it which makes me nuts i'm like i was just here i saw it you know but it's so fascinating to watch those crimes and where they're trying to go okay there's a white truck going and well, what's the next there's a bank on the corner okay did right, you, did right, left right. Or right i love that stuff yeah yeah it's great so that's the positive when something positive can happen from uh video footage And a lot of cases, they're able to put together a case from following someone around to place to place that they go to. So the the dark side of this that people are talking about is a new movement in surveillance, which is uh, smart surveillance cameras that try to predict pre-crime. Have you heard about that? This is a Wired article. But um, breaking into a run, standing too long in one place, repeatedly looking over your shoulder, Everyone does these things from time to time, and they aren't usually cause for alarm. But in Esther Hoover's series, The False Positives, such things are very suspicious indeed and suggest a heinous crime may occur. So this woman, Esther Hoover's, is an artist, and she talked to a bunch of people who do camera surveillance for an art project. And when she found out what the behaviors were of suspicious people, she went out and started taking pictures in public places to see if she could capture any of this suspicious behavior. So her images emulate the actions of so-called smart cameras that would deem deviant behavior. Connected to highly sophisticated software, these cameras can, among other things, detect abnormal activity, like a person leaving a package or a backpack on a busy street corner to alert authorities. This, of course, prompts all kinds of conversations about privacy, security, and control. Hoover hopes to contribute to the discussion by raising questions, should intelligence surveillance cameras judge what is normal behavior in a public space? So when she interviewed security experts in the Netherlands about smart cameras, they identified eight common behavioral red flags, loitering too long, moving too fast, standing on a corner, looking over your shoulder, going against the flow of traffic, abandoning something, clusters of people suddenly breaking apart and synchronizing movements. Okay. (laughs) It's seriously like, it's like, if you walk too fast, it's suspicious. Too slow, suspicious. If you stand there, it's suspicious. Which one is it? Like, it's, oh my God. So here's my question. And I know it's a difficult question. I'm wondering whether or not there is a way to demonstrate, yes, we have been able to prevent intended crimes because we knew that somebody stood and looked over their shoulder and dispersed and synchronized. So we zoomed to that place right before they raped the girl. Like, has that happened? I mean, do we have any proof of- No, but that's what, I, I found a company online called NEC that develops these cameras and and it's exactly what this woman says they list out like all these suspicious behaviors that their cameras can identify 
But then I just started thinking about like how suspicious I am. Like, Me too. We're both cr- committing crimes all the time then. Yeah. I go against traffic. I jaywalk. I look over my shoulder. I'm a girl. Of course I look over my shoulder. Yeah. Well, I was thinking of a particular incident. James and I were in Oklahoma uh, on a trip and we stopped in this one small town because I wanted to go into this antique shop. And I, I was like, I'm just going to go in for 15 or 20 minutes and then come back and get me because he was going to go photograph some old signs or something. Well, I went through the store in 15 or 20 minutes, like I said I was going to. And then there was nothing else for me to do. So I was like, went outside. Now, I stood outside for a long time. Then I'm leaning up against the building and now I'm getting angrier and angrier. I'm pacing back and forth. He's not answering his phone or there's no He's service. not answering his phone. It's going to voicemail. Yeah. I probably blew him up with about 20 nasty messages. Like, <gasps> almost like an hour and a half pass. <gasps> Furious. He went At what point come, were, you, were you not worried? I wasn't worried because this has been like a bit of an ongoing thing. Like when he's huh. doing his photography, he loses his... Oh, the artiste comes out. Yeah. Yeah, he's actually a really, really good photographer, but... And what's his Instagram? People can go to his Instagram. So it's James Freejay, J-A-M-E-S-F-R-E-G-I-A. And you can see his awesome photography. Oh, he doesn't have a separate business one. Okay, okay. You also get to see Walter. Why have you not shown me this Walter picture? (laughs) I think it's new. (laughs) OMG. The second image on there is like one of the Hawaii shots. He was like really obsessed with taking, there's a lot of abandoned cars in Hawaii. Interesting. On the side of the road. Yeah. Because like another time we were in Hawaii (laughs) in a convertible that we had rented and he went off to do some photography and it started raining like torrential rain. And the, the top of the convertible was down. <laughs> and I sat there for 30 minutes with the rain coming down on me. I would love surveillance video of that discussion after he got <laughs> Okay, so he's got an hour and a half. You're, you're wondering how long it takes to get a divorce in Oklahoma. Okay. You got some woman in your town you've never seen before who gets dropped off, who's now been sitting outside your store pacing around screaming at her phone i mean how am i not a candidate the only thing you didn't do was leave a backpack on a corner (laughs) (laughs) totally a candidate for (laughs) pre-crime and there comes tom cruise and what whatever her name is over there yeah now he went to some place down the road there's a guy who had all these old neon signs in his backyard and the two of them got to talking and had a beer and oh my god marie i would have been so fucking angry (laughs) it's not like you had the car if you had the car i mean sorry james i love you kiddo but no oh my god i was so mad i was oh my god so i wasn't getting my texts once i got into the car they all flooded into his phone but i was so mad so you're on a street car in oklahoma and if you were to be run through the algorithms and the filters of these computers, it said who was going to commit a crime. Yeah. Who would have been arrested? Yeah. 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 That's the thing that's weird about prediction of crime, because I wrote my dissertation on using intuition to predict and prevent crime. And I had a roadblock ahead of me right at the very beginning, because if it didn't happen, by definition, how could you know it would have happened? So to prove prevention is very difficult. Right. You see what I'm saying? Like, the only thing you can do is say, I stopped them because I saw them doing it, or they told me they were going to do it and didn't. It's, it's a difficult thing to prove. But I don't know how that works out in practice. If you use surveillance and all of these ideas of here's what to look for, how does that turn into actual prevention of crime? Well, and I think it, it ties into the Elisa Lamb story in a sense that if we assume that a crime has occurred, rather than just trying to follow the evidence. So I I think like a lot of the bloggers and a lot of the people that were following the story in retrospect assumed that she was murdered, assumed that a crime had occurred. And so everything was filtered through that. I'm guilty of that as well, because I was going with the absolute word of the police officer or chief or whoever said that the lid was back on the water container. Mm-hmm. That I couldn't get past it. And so what I always say when I'm looking at a crime thing, you know, a murder show or a whodunit or whatever, I go, there's always at least one thing and usually two or three things I cannot get past. 
If I can't get past it, that means I know who did it or didn't, or that they're innocent or guilty. For instance, did you listen to the serial podcast, the original? Like, I did, the yeah. thing, Okay, with Adnan Syed. And yeah. Him, I couldn't get past that there was zero motive. I couldn't get past it. I couldn't get past the fact that this was a nonviolent kid who had never threatened or done anything. Violence like that doesn't come out of the blue. I couldn't get past it. There's always something. Well, with Lisa Lamb, I couldn't get past that the lid was back on the water tank. Right. And if you take that out, then all of a sudden, every option is available to you again. Right. Because that water tank lid was impossible for her to put on herself. It's like a twin. That's impossible. So if you start there, then you go, well, why is she naked? It couldn't possibly be by her own volition. Then, of course, it's murder. I mean, those three things can't all live together. But now that you've taken away the lid closing... Right. Now we're back to maybe a psychotic break or a psychosis right. of some kind. And she made choices that her brain was telling her to make that were right. not rational. It's been ruled an accidental death. But we don't know. We'll never know, right? Well, yeah. there's also the important factor of her particular psychosis involved believing people were chasing her. Right. I mean, yeah. Because I can't watch that video without going, there's somebody in that hallway. But for you to say, that there's medical evidence or that her family reports that this has been a thing for her. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, but that's now going to be the thing I can't get past. If you want to try and prove to me somebody murdered her, <laughs> right? I can't get past that nobody else appears on that video and that she had this particular psychosis where yeah. she believed people chased her. So, okay. The, the rape kit came up negative. There was no blunt force trauma. There was no strangulation. There was like literally no cause of death. In fact, the, the coroner had said that a lot of times when someone drowns, there's like some foam or some material in the person's chest and throat, and that was not there. But that doesn't necessarily mean she didn't drown. There's a lot of factors. But I mean, she could have probably died of hypothermia too. You know, oh, I mean, oh. uh, but I'm just saying, I think as with everything, we, we just have to hold a little bit of skepticism. Like people are innocent until proven guilty. And like going, looking at a video and going, well, this person is guilty. They still deserve due process. And we still have to go through the process of investigating it. But I, I think especially with video evidence and a lot of people sleuthing online, that people dedicate so much time to it and they get so personally invested in it. Yeah. But I think the same thing happens in these cases. Like mm -hmm. they've read Elisa Lamb's writings and there's so much about her that's available to people from her blogging. And you start looking for meaning when there's not any, or you start making connections that are not really there. You know? Right. One of the theories that was going around was that there was a tuberculosis outbreak while she was at the hotel. Ew. Yeah. Oh God. So they were like, well, the police and everybody are covering it up because it's a government scandal because Elisa Lam was brought over from Canada with tuberculosis to thin out the homeless population, that it was some sort of government hit. But then to take it even further, Becky's making a gag face right now. Yeah. There's some test to test for tuberculosis. And apparently the name of the test is the Lam Elisa test. And it's spelled exactly like her name in reverse. So people were going bananas on that. Oh, do you have like a brick? You can, me with? <laughs> can I like remotely get you to fucking just murder me right now and put me out of my misery? <laughs> this shit makes me so crazy to just make shit up. You know, like people will go, well, you know that the number two and four are really important. And so then two plus two equals four and then four, because look at that. And then three minus one is two. It's like, Oh my God, stop, 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 yeah. stop, yeah. stop, stop. Or, or in fact, I actually heard the American Horror Story uh, Hotel was based off of the Cecil. I cannot watch that show. I tried five minutes. <laughs> well, anyway. This is not because of my taste. I know that you like to say I hate everything, which I do. But I was about to, hold on. I'm about to make a point and I don't want to like start a story about American Horror Story and then blank out. No, I'm just kidding. I wasn't going to make a point. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm confused. Oh, because last week I I blanked out on Miss Maisel when you told me you hated <laughs> no. the show. So anytime you start saying you hate a show, I like... like yeah. Your brain goes into screensaver mode. Like exactly. you're, not, you're not processing information. That's right. I go into screensaver mode when you say you hate a movie. 
like, I didn't hate it. In fact, I love all the actors who were in the first season and everything. It was too, um, the tone of it was too negative for me. And I, I can't stand some things that are just that hateful and negative. Same thing with Scream Queens. I couldn't watch it. It was too hateful and negative, even though I really liked horror stuff. I just couldn't do it. Being a horror fan myself, I don't ever go, man, this horror film I watched was like super positive. So I don't really get, I don't totally get it. Okay. And are we disagreeing again? Are we just Holy shit. What's your friend's name? Justin, Justin, Derek, we're disagreeing again. (laughs) What's your friend's name? Justin, yeah. Okay, shout out to Justin. We're disagreeing again. All right, go ahead. My first master's degree is in communication studies and I studied rhetoric and I taught my kids rhetoric all those years of these messages that unintentional or intentional that you absorb, they become a part of us. And rhetorically speaking, a horror movie doesn't have to have a negative tone. And this had a negative tone. The very first scene of the show goes to the high school and everyone is just super gross and mean to her. And I could see the look in everybody's eye and I just went, I won't be able to handle this. This will hurt me to watch like hurt me so I, I couldn't I know and you're probably like what I don't mean that no I mean but there's also different seasons different themes so maybe there might have been a different theme that you would have enjoyed well I mean maybe I'll give it a try again and maybe I'll be okay with the negativity but I, I just couldn't I, just couldn't do it. I mean it's definitely a very very dark show and it's I just couldn't do it but I love Connie Britton I just think she's the most spectacularly beautiful person ever and phenomenal actress I just I just couldn't do it so yeah. anyway okay so you were asking american horror can't remember why do you why i was talking about american horror yeah ah you did it again i have three superpowers i have one superpower that makes you feel taller that's a really yeah good one. yeah i have the superpower that renders you memoryless whenever we yeah. talk about tv shows uh-huh. I hate. and i can say the alphabet backwards really fast those are my three superpowers All right. Yeah, so whenever the yoga person is like, blank your mind, I'm like, hold on, let me call Becky. <laughs> hey, Becky, what do you think about this TV popular theory? show that you hate? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was bringing it up because American Horror Story Hotel is based on the Cecil. And you can tell it's based on the Cecil because, one, the design of the hotel is exactly like the Cecil, the Art Deco part. And they draw back to things like, there's a whole 14th floor serial killer living on the 14th floor thing, which is where Richard Ramirez lived. And I think there was another serial killer who lived there too. Because there's a lot of LA-based serial killers, so I can't remember, but I think there's yeah. another one too. Yeah, so like we just put in security cameras at our condo. I think it's a part of a total package of security. Like you can't like ring and all that. Like there was a, another story that I read about when I was researching this family had adopted something like seven or eight children with severe disabilities. So they had put cameras all over their house just so they could monitor them. And the couple was actually murdered, but the ring and all the cameras they had in their house apparently helped the police in some way. But I bring it up to say that a camera is not going to save you from becoming a victim of a crime. It might deter some criminals, it might not. And it's a useful tool, but you still have to be aware of your surroundings. You still have to take precautionary measures other than just that. So don't think that that is going to be the thing that's going to keep you safe. Otherwise, there wouldn't be an entire series dedicated to crimes on tape where hopefully we caught them or sometimes we didn't or whatever but i think when you have this uh, the doorbell cameras you know i think that stuff's important i think that's important just because if i'm home by myself i want to be able to see who's there if if i'm feeling weird or whatever yeah but it's not going to save me it might just capture my murder on video but it's not going to save me you know but there's been some super creepy things caught on on these ring on these doorbell cameras did you did you see the the video of the guy who licked the ring camera for like two hours straight yeah years ago yeah there's some crazy ass shit that people do what you think about what if we didn't have the video evidence of it (laughs) people are licking doorbells for two hours without anybody knowing you know it's just well i mean it's like the people who put in the nanny cams or whatever for their cats they want to see what their cats are doing during the day and then you find out your cat is like going in the bathroom and brushing his butt up against your toothbrush you know so you just have to decide (laughs) 
Do you want to see your cat sticking his butt up against your toothbrush? Do you want to know if your cat's on your toothbrush? We used to put our cats in this place called the Best Little Cat House. It's a really cool place. It's basically like a hotel for cats. And they have cameras in there. So while you're traveling, if you want to look at your cats doing things in the Uh cat room. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And what I saw was just my cats cowering in a corner, (laughs) mortified for days. So I'm like, well, I might as well just leave them at home. Like to me, if I was a cat, this is like Disneyland. But for them, they're hiding under the sunken ship or like behind the coconut tree cowering. Have you tried that pet cam? No. I uh, well, a friend of ours really recommended it. She has two cats that she's obsessed with. And she's like, oh, it's so great. Even when you're at work, you can talk to your cat. Well, we put it in for Harper when we went to Europe one time. And we never, we never did it again because when you talk to her, she comes running into the room looking around for you. And then we're not there. And I felt so bad. I felt like such an asshole. I never could do it again. I don't want a camera because my sister watches my cats and like I don't know what the hell she does when she's exactly you know your pet sitter comes in there and it's just let them yeah just like the last time we went out of town we've had these Ikea lamps that we've had for 15 years or longer forever they lasted forever and she broke one of them how did you break the lamp well James and I have a gigantic king-size bed that she was sleeping in and she's a very tiny person she's four foot eight and I guess it was too far of a reach for her from where she was laying in the bed to the nightlight so she decided to take the light and put it in the middle of the bed with her stop it no and in the middle of the night she rolled a lamp onto the ground and broke it I'm not sure about that decision making and that can decision making <laughs> <laughs> not I don't really know what to do with that. I was so mad. And then when I came home, she had the broken lamp. There was like a piece of the glass that looked like a dagger. And it was just like sitting out there. I'm like, the cats could cut themselves off. Yes. This is the same sister who read, he's just not that into you. And then called the guy who was screwing her over and read him the book on his voicemail. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. How are we going to wrap up our uh, our, uh, security camera discussion? What do you do? trail we want to tell or something that can wrap this up well yeah i think i think that crime and video are are together now in the same way that dna and crime are are intermingled cases going forward are going to have camera phone surveillance or some type of video evidence it's just so a part of our culture now yeah yeah i think so too i think i also would like to send a, a request to banks and Target and ATMs. I really want you to have better cameras that can actually see what goes on in your parking lot because I don't really know what the fucking point is when all you can do is go, oh, there's a blob that may or may not be that blob and no one can tell anything about the, "Ah, just get some nice surveillance equipment. Doesn't have to predict behavior because Lord knows at Walmart, everybody's going to be in trouble. (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, especially when those people go in there at 3 a.m. and buy a shovel and a tarp and some lye. I mean, what do you (laughs) Fucking call the police on those people. Don't wait for them to stand on a street corner and look over their shoulder. (laughs) You know, when I, I, I think we've established that we're for high quality camera surveillance in public places. Only in public places, yes. Oh, you know what this should have led to? Damn it. Have you ever stayed in an Airbnb where you thought you were being filmed? Yes, but we should do a separate episode about okay. that. Okay. Because so, I do have a story. I do too. I have a story. Yeah. So we'll save that for another day. So what you have to look forward to, fearless ones, is we're going to do something about we're fearing what we're eating, maybe, we think. Yes. Right? Uh-huh. Things fearing, that are in food. We're fearing whether or not we're actually eating food. Yes. <laughs> we're fearing <laughs> whether or not when we stay at an Airbnb that we're being filmed yes because we probably are all right so that is us on surveillance and the fears related to standing on street corners there's your takeaway don't stand on street corners don't look over your shoulder don't walk too fast don't walk too slow don't walk against traffic <laughs> don't go against traffic don't synchronize <laughs> don't synchronize don't disperse disperse and synchronize
I'm thinking like the whole time we're in Montana on the 4th of July, we're doing all of these things. Oh my God, we would have all been so arrested, all of the defenders of Yellowstone. All right, so you've been listening to Now Fear This with Becky and Marie. Thank you for listening. I hope that you go to our website, fearthispodcast.com. Send us an email at fearless at nowfear.com and tell us what you fear. Eventually, we'll get back to reading people's reviews. So if you give us five stars and write a review, we will give you a shout out on our show and read your review. Hopefully the funnier and scarier, the better. So go to our website and subscribe. You'll get a super secret password for bonus content that includes a terrifying photo of Marie's cat, Walter, that will keep you up at night and super secret audio, including a scary story about a watcher stalker house in New Jersey. Dun, dun, dun. Mm, very interesting. And other life-changing content. Yes. Life-changing content. Just like this podcast. Yes. Later days. Right. Bye-bye. Bye.